Uh, we're going to be in the book of Joshua, chapter 1. We're going to read verses 7 and 8, but I'll be covering a whole lot of that particular chapter. So uh, if you like homework, your homework is to read the rest of that chapter. It's a powerful book. That's the sixth book in the Bible, uh, Genesis up to the book of Joshua. Joshua is the sixth book, so we're going to be in that. Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 through 8. And I want to preach for just a few moments on the subject of be strong and courageous. Look at your neighbor and say, be strong and courageous. Let's read this together. Only be strong and very courageous. Say, be strong and courageous. That you may observe to do. Say, observe to do. According to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper. Say that you may prosper. Wherever you go, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do. Say observe to do. According to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Be strong and courageous. And the day that we live in, I think there's probably no more powerful thing for us to hear than that we need to be strong and courageous. Uh, we live in some times that, to be honest, if we just looked at what's going on, uh, they could be scary. They could be uh, a little terrifying. We don't know exactly what to expect tomorrow. But uh, I believe that as Christians that we can be strong and courageous in the Lord. How many agree with me this morning? So I, I want to look at a little bit of the history of Israel to bring us up to this point. God has showed his mighty power to deliver Israel from bondage. Uh, you may remember reading your Bible and, and seeing those ten different plagues that God brought upon the Egyptians in order uh, that they would uh, let Israel go and that they would uh, allow them to leave and to head toward the promised land. They had been not only in bondage but slavery. For over 400 years, they are in uh, Egypt, generation after generation, knowing nothing but bondage and slavery. Yet we see that the mighty hand of God delivers them, brings them out, uh, and they are told that they will inherit the promised land. Yet it seems that as they begin to travel, that every time they faced an obstacle, whether it was an enemy or whether it was uh, that they had no food or no good water, that they talked about going back to Egypt. You, you see, I, I believe it was easy for God to get them out of Egypt. Uh, it, it was His mighty hand that, that caused that to happen, but it was much more difficult to get the Egypt out of them. And, and I wonder if it might could be said the same thing of us. You, you see, the Bible tells us that we live in this world, but we're not really a part of this world. 
that we are aliens and that we're just traveling through. But I, I wonder how many times that we have bought into the world system and the world philosophy and we've incorporated that into our life. Uh, you see, uh, it, it's, you know, we're headed to a new place, but how much of this world are we trying to drag along with us? God deliver us from this world and this world system. Can I get an amen this morning? Uh, and so as we look at this, they are on the precipice of the promised land. I'm giving you the history. Moses had sent 12 spies into the land, but 10 of them come back with an evil report. 10 say there's no way that we can do this. There's giants in the land. Oh, it is exactly what God promised, but uh, we'll all die if we uh, try to do this. 10 of them come back saying it's impossible, but only two come saying that it is possible for the Lord to give us the land and that we should enter into it. From this point on, those who were over the age of 20, they began their sentence to walk in the wilderness for 40 years. And one by one, they uh, die off except for Joshua and Caleb. Even their great leader Moses at this point of the, the scripture that we read has passed away. And now Joshua, his faithful assistant, is uh, ready to step up and to lead them into the promised land. God has given him the task of leading them into the promised land. Now you may say, Pastor, why do you always give so much history? Because history is important. And God uses history to give us an example of what he can do for us today. Paul makes it clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 6 and 11, that these things were written to be an example for us. In other words, if you just get to the, the story and you only read the story, then you're missing a lot of the things that God has in store for us. Look at your neighbor and say the history is important. You see, we see that God delivered Israel from bondage. But when we read the whole word, we'll understand that God has delivered us from bondage and from sin. As a matter of fact, you could sum up the Old Testament as being the redemption of Israel, their deliverance from Egypt. And you could read the New Testament and put Jesus in there instead of uh, Joshua. And he is our deliverer. He is the one that brings us from the bondage of sin and slavery to sin till we are now redeemed. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. When we look at the land of Canaan in the Old Testament, it is a representation of the destiny that God has for his people. It's a picture of a place of rest in a place of victory that can be enjoyed by every believer. A deliverance from Egypt was in preparation to go into Canaan. And deliverance from sin and bondage is the place where we can come and enjoy the abundant new life. How many are enjoying new life in Christ Jesus? Amen. Can I tell you that God never really intended for us to live in the wilderness? God never really intended for us to be, a, that for, to be a permanent destination for us. And when we look at the book of Joshua, it is a book of conquest. It is a book about a testimony of triumphing 
triumphing in God and possessing what God has given us. You see, he said, I've already given it to you. You simply have to step into that land. You have to walk into that land. You see, there's a principle in this story that tells us that faith combined with action is necessary to see the promises of God become a reality in your life. It's necessary for us to take action. Why do we need to take action, Pastor? Didn't the Lord say that he's already done it for us? Yes, he did. But he also declares in his word that we are to partner with him, that we are to, uh, they were told to take steps into the land, that every place that they put the sole of their foot that they would possess. I don't know about you, but if I was them and I was wanting the promised land, I would say, uh, you know, let's spread out. Everybody uh, take a place and let's make sure that we don't miss taking any steps so that we possess the whole thing. You see, God has called us to do the same thing in here. In, the, in our world, we're called to possess everything that God has given to us through Christ Jesus. Can I tell you that I believe there's a provision in the Word for our family to be saved? How, how many want to see your whole family be saved? Amen? And we're to take steps of action. Not just step back and say, well, God, you said you were going to do it. Now I'm just going to wait. No, we're to be faithful. We're to be diligent. We're to work for the Lord. We're to uh, talk to our family and to our children and, and tell them about the goodness of the Lord and live that life before them. And I believe that we can possess uh, our family for the Lord, and he'll give it to us. How many believe that? You see, God's Word says that we can have healing in our bodies. And Jesus already provided for that through the stripes upon his back. But yet, we can never claim that promise. We can never step into that and we won't receive it. Even though God has paid a price for that. And we simply need to have faith and believe and trust in God and take action upon his word. We are uh, to go forward. Look at your neighbor and say we're to take steps into his promise. So here we are. Moses has died. And Joshua is to take the people across the Jordan River into the land that God is giving to them. Say giving. They're to possess it. Everything that God has given them, they are to possess it. And everything that God has given us, we are to possess it. You see, everything that we have, we have because Jesus has already paid the price for it. We can have forgiveness of all of our sins. But we must take action. We must trust in Him. We must call upon His name and ask Him to forgive us of our sins. It's not that we're doing the work, but we're trusting in Him to make it come to pass. The whole land was given to them. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, he said, I have given it to you. You see, God could have stepped in and totally eliminated all of their enemies. But he calls upon them to partner with him. You see, I believe God is calling upon us to partner with him. And the question simply for us is, are we partnering with God? 
Are we coming along beside God and are we doing what He's called us to do or are we simply trusting in our own abilities and in our own uh, way of doing things? But are we, are we partnering with God? You see, we could partner with a whole lot of people. We could come up with a good plan. And I believe that we could accomplish some things. But now, imagine this. God is calling upon us to partner with Him. And there is no limit to what we can do when we begin to partner with God. Isn't, isn't He a good God this morning? You see, He calls us to partner with Him. And, and the good thing about partnering with Him is that victory is assured. He tells Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. The victory was not assured because Joshua was a great leader. And I tell you that he was a great leader. It was not because Israel was a great nation, but because God is a great God. Can I get an amen? And he tells Joshua, I will be with you. Can I tell you that the plan and the purpose that God has for your life, you can succeed in it because He is with you. The good news is that you're not alone. God didn't give you a, a purpose and a destination and a plan and say, well, get with it. I hope I wish you good luck. He doesn't do that. He says, I will be with you, and I will not fail you, and I will not leave you, and I'll uh, cause you to prosper, you see. We can do this because God is with us. Look at your neighbor and say, God's with you. Now look at verse 7 and 8. There are conditions for this promise of victory. God keeps telling Joshua, be strong and courageous. And he doesn't just say it one time. He says, Joshua, be strong and courageous. And that's not enough, so he says it again. Joshua, be strong and courageous. I'm, I'm, I'm quoting from different portions in just chapter 1. Joshua, be strong and courageous because he knew that he was going to face battle after battle and enemy after enemy and every time I'm preaching this morning he was saying Joshua just be strong and courageous trust in me I've got this because I am with you be strong and courageous now substitute your name in there Pastor Brian be strong and courageous but, but it seems impossible Lord that's too big I don't know how to do that on my own. Oh, you got it right now. Be strong and courageous in the Lord. For He will cause you to be prosperous. He'll help you in doing this. Put your name in there. Linda, be strong and courageous. David, be strong and courageous. Aaron, it's a good name. It's a good biblical name. Be strong and courageous. God is with you. And He is with you. All things are possible. Nothing is too big for Him is what the Word tells us. Be strong 
and courageous. What do those words mean? Be strong means to withstand, to prevail, to be resolute, to take or keep hold of, to be confident. And when I read those words, I got a picture of a bulldog in my mind. Have you ever seen a bulldog grab a hold of something? Sometimes it's a person. That's not good. But a bulldog will grab a hold of something, and you cannot pry his mouth loose of it. He gets a hold of it. He's resolute. He's uh, uh, got confidence. He's going to hold on to it, and he's not going to let go. And that's where the, the word here is telling Joshua, get a good grip of it. Get a hold of it. Understand the promises of God, and don't let go, no matter what the circumstances look like, no matter what the situation might be, no matter how dark or how bleak, hold on. Hold on. Look at your neighbor and say, hold on. Be strong. Be strong. Be courageous. It means bold. Determined. Persistent. And I like this one because I can relate. Obstinate. Stubborn. Nobody else in here is stubborn. But I can relate to this. Anybody besides me ever been told they were stubborn? All you men should raise your hands, by the way. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm just meddling. I'll go back to preaching. Be strong and courageous. That means once you've got a hold of it, which is what strong means, be stubborn about it. You see, this word could be negative, but I'm going to turn it into the positive. I'm going to hang on to it. And the promises of God, I'm not going to release it. No matter what you tell me. No matter what the enemy says. No matter how uh, bad the situation might be. Or what this world looks like. I'm holding on to the promises of God. You're not going to convince me to let go of them. I'm trusting his word. I know that he's with me. Therefore, I can be strong and courageous. I just see a bunch of men hanging on to something like this. You know, when you, what, what's it called when you pull on the rope? And the tug of war. Enemies trying to get it away from you, and you're saying, nope, I'm hanging on to it. It's not going to take it away from me. How many have determined today that you're going to trust in the Word of God? That, that, that you're going to be strong and courageous. You see, it's a mindset to believe in God. It's not self-confidence that I'm talking about. But God confidence. If God said it, he will do it. Uh, thank you, brother, because many times we said, we say if God said it, I believe it, and it'll be done. But we don't even have to believe it. If God said it, he'll do it. Now, if you want to believe it, that's awesome. That's great. But if God said it, he'll do it. The Bible tells me that he is not a man that he should lie, but that his word is true. And if God, hear me, hear me, hear me. I know I'm preaching to somebody today. If God promised it to you, if he showed it to you in his word, then hang on to it and believe for it and don't let go of it and say, I'm going to get stubborn about this because God said there was a way and I'm going to believe that there's a way and I'm going to receive it. 
Look at your neighbor and say, be strong and courageous. I don't think it was always easy for Joshua to be strong and courageous. And it's not always easy for us to be that way. You see, the land really was full of giants and inhabitants who did not want to give up the land for them. But they were called on to fight and to partner with God and trust God for the results. And God reminded Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Mm. I don't know if you get this like I get this. But God is not a respecter of persons. So if he ever did it for Moses, if he made a, and we know he did, there's many, many miracles that happened through the hand of Moses. God, he's the channel for God to move and do miracles for the Israelites. If he ever did that for Moses, and he did, then he can do it for Joshua. And if he ever did it for Joshua, and we know that he did, for they defeated and conquered the land, then he will do it for me. And if he'll do it for me, he'll do it for you. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say, if he ever did it before, he can do it again. Amen? And we can trust in God because his character is true. If he did it for them, he can surely do it for me. Not only were they to be strong and courageous, but they were to be obedient to God's word. As a matter of fact, it was their commitment it was God's word and their commitment to his word that would be the pillars of their success. He told Joshua, don't just read the word. Make sure it's on your lips. Do you always read the word of God silently? You shouldn't. There's no problem with reading it silently. But what if we read it out loud? What if we quoted it so we would hear it and maybe the enemy might need to hear it too and maybe the situation and the circumstance might need to have it declared that uh, God's word so don't just have it uh, uh, you know don't just read it silently but have it on your lips speak it because it is powerful let me believe God's word is powerful we said that when we began. We said it, uh, it was an incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. It's powerful. So have it on your lips and have it on your mind. Meditate on it. I wonder what it means that God will supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. What does that mean? Let me meditate upon that. God shall supply, does that say all? My needs. Uh, according to everything I got in the bank? Everything I've laid up? No. According to His riches in glory. And you begin to dwell upon that. So you have it on your lips. You have it in your mouth. You have it in your mind. But then he goes a step further. And he says, observe to do it. I had you repeat that. For there is power 
in doing God's word. He says, don't just be hearers of the word, but be ye doers of the word. So we are to have God's word in our mouth and in our mind and in our manner. In other words, the way we live. Do we live God's word? Do we trust it enough that we live like it's true? It's powerful. Have it in your mind. Have it in your mouth. And make it the manner in which you live. For then, somebody say then. Then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. So if we live God's word in this way, it is a guarantee of Christian success. It's not, hear me, a promise of a life without problems. But it is a promise of a life that you can deal with the problems because you know who's with you. You know who he is and you know whose you are. Have you internalized that God will not fail me? Have you internalized that he'll never leave me nor forsake me? Are you living it out? Are you trusting in him? Am I preaching this morning? Are we walking in the way that he's called us to walk? You see, all things are possible because of his promise and because of his presence. He's not a man that he should lie. It's a promise. And then he backs up the promise with his presence. Mm, that's so good. Say that again, Pastor Brian. He promises it in his word, and he's not a man that he should lie, so it will come to pass. And then he backs up the promise with his presence. Woo! That's so good, I'm going to say it one more time. Because you need to hear it. His word is true. He is not a man that he should lie. So if he has promised, and I, I want you to grab a hold of your word and find the promises. So if he has promised, it shall come to pass. And when it feels like it's not going to come to pass, and the circumstances feel like they're everything but what God promised, he will back it up with his presence. And where God is, everything else has to bow. He's God, and he's on the throne. He's on the throne. He's on the throne. 